0: So 2020 is about to come to an end. So what do y'all want to do with it? Some of y'all may say, let's flush it. Uh, We survived it. Let's forget it. Um, Some of you may be praying that 2021 will be a better year than 2020. God bless America. Before we move too quickly from 2020, I would challenge you to think well about it. That there may be some lessons that we need to learn from 2020, some lessons that can help us going forward so that if we ever face difficulties and challenges, maybe the word's not if, when we face difficulties and challenges again, that we handle it with a little more wisdom a little more maturity a little bit more hope maybe a little bit more determination maybe a little bit more peace first peter 1 6 and 7 teaches us a little bit about this we're going to start there today first peter 1 Verses 6 and 7, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. We have seen some significant events, cultural events, social events, racial events, natural disaster events, political events that have dramatically threatened, grieved, and isolated us all. A global pandemic that seriously threatened many, handled with lockdowns that may, may have severely threatened just as many. Riding in our cities about injustice, produce injustice toward many in the path of rioters. We have witnessed a noble profession, law enforcement, receive the brunt of anger about racial injustice that has simmered under the surface for decades in our culture. We've seen entire coasts and regions burn out of control from wildfires. We have seen Gulf Coast states become entryways to four and five hurricanes in a single season. Challenging times we've seen schools closed churches empty funerals unattended weddings canceled indeed is it it's enticing to just flush it and be done with 2020 but i would caution that that would be poor stewardship before we turn the page of 2020 may we pause individually and corporately and see if there's some faith lessons we need to remember The word is the word zakar in Hebrew. It means to remember and act accordingly. Let's pray. Father, teach us. Teach us about your faithfulness. Show us. Show us our selfishness. Convict us, Father. Convict us that we often live just for today. Change us Change us, Father, to live for eternity. Grow us. Grow us as ambassadors of yours. Mature us. Mature us as agents of hope and gospel change. Father, this is what we pray this morning. In your Son Jesus' name, amen. God seems to be aware that we have trouble remembering In Deuteronomy 4, verses 9 and 10, we read this, Only be careful and watch for yourselves closely that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them. Teach them to your children. Teach them to your children's children. Remember the day you stood before the Lord. Same chapter of Deuteronomy, verse 23, Be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord. The covenant of the Lord your God, He made with you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. It is clear the Lord believes we have a problem with remembering well. We are not good rememberers. In the Shema, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're told to remember Over and over again. Remember, remember, remember. This is what we read in Deuteronomy 6, beginning verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Hear, O Israel, remember His commands. Remember He is one God. Remember to love with all your heart. Remember to teach children and grandchildren. Remember to talk as you go through life, as you sit, as you walk, as you dress. In verses 11 and 12, we read further, Be careful when you become satisfied lest you forget the Lord reminds us to remember and to remember well he clearly teaches us to be disciplined rememberers some of you may say that's some ancients who were unsophisticated and uneducated and unknown in knowing that may be a good thing it'd be wrong For certainly in the New Testament, we read the same admonition to remember. In John chapter 14, verses 25, 26, and 27, All this I have spoken while with you. But the Counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And He will remind you of everything I have said to you. One of the reasons we need the Holy Spirit is to help us remember 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 through 11, we're told about history being recorded for us. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of the people were. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 died. We should not test the Lord as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. Remember why because we are poor rememberers second peter chapter 1 verses 12 through 15 this is christ's brother and he's admonishing them to remember so i will always remind you of these things even you know even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have i think it is right to refresh your memory As long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Why do we need Ebenezer's that we just sang about? Stones of remembrance of God's help. Why do we need them? Because we are poor rememberers. I remember the first time I visited Baylor University in Waco, Texas. There's a building, a history building, named after Pat Neff. And on the top of the building is inscribed a quote by Pat Neff. The preservers of history are as heroic as its makers. Why? Because we tend to be poor rememberers. We just sang an old hymn about raising an Ebenezer. It is a stone of remembrance of God's help. We read about that in 1 Samuel 7, verse 12. The Israelites were being threatened by the Philistines. They were being invaded by the Philistines. And God miraculously intervened. So we read in verse 12, Samuel took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Samuel raised a memorial stone of God's help. In the Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, the Christian faith of Charles Dickens is evidenced by the great chasm created by the main character, Ebenezer Scrooge, who was the epitome of greed, discontent, and selfishness. Yet a redeemed Ebenezer, touched by God's help, became an Ebenezer of God's help. This in an article by Michael Timko. In December of two thousand eight, no scrooge he, the Christianity of Charles Dickens. If you remain unconvinced that we are poor remembers, I would like to offer just a couple examples in our own body of believers. How many of y'all know who Linda Jones is? Most of y'all. Lyndon and David Jones had something miraculous happen in their world. How many of y'all know about that? Anyone? So their son-in-law, Coach Boone, was going to coach baseball, and he had to take a CPR class before he could coach baseball. A conflict arose, and he could not take the CPR class he was planning on taking. So he had to schedule another one a few months later. The second one fell at a very inopportune time. His son had just been born and was only a few days old. Not only was it a bad time, but the second CPR class was longer. It had an infant CPR section that the first one did not have. He took the class, passed the class. Two days later, he passed the first test. Linda Jones had been staying up at night with the baby because the baby was sick. In the middle of the night, she was awakened when the baby quit breathing. And the baby started turning blue. She called Coach Boone, who was in the next room. He performed infant CPR and resuscitated his new son. That new son is now 24 years old. God provided a delay in a CPR course so that it would show up on a more opportune time. He provided a second course with an infant CPR lesson. And he provided an awake grandma to awaken him and provide the CPR. That's an Ebenezer. We need to remember that. God miraculously intervened in that family. If you'd like to know another Ebenezer, I would talk to Mary Radford. Mary Radford was given a contaminated injection of steroids and almost died from meningitis a few years ago. She bears testimony to the presence of the Lord throughout her ICU stay and the 10 weeks that she was in the hospital and in rehab. Ask Mary Radford about the Ebenezer. Or Farron and Gina Kidd, who had donated a horse for a capital campaign, The day they were selling the horse, they were coming down Bent Mountain, and the horse began to act up. The truck started knocking. They pulled off on the shoulder of the road, made a few adjustments to the truck, calmed the horse, were pulling back on the road and hit a small pothole, and the trailer hitch came off the trailer ball. Farron had forgotten to change the ball. The trailer, which required a two-inch hitch, had a one-and-three-fourths-inch ball. That could have come off coming down Bent Mountain, killed the horse, and dam- damaged significant damage to other people. Asked them about the Ebenezer of their horse that they had donated for the Lord's cause. They pulled off the road and just wept and said the Lord protected his asset that day. I hope you are convinced that we need to be more disciplined rememberers. We need to zakar God's help. Remember and act accordingly. I have four truths that I would like us to remember from the year 2020. I think they will be helpful to you. Truth number one, I, we, you are not as strong as we thought we were. We are more vulnerable than I care to admit. We're not as strong physically. We're more susceptible to disease than I thought we were. It was arresting that this, my complicated immune system may have very little defenses against a coronavirus. We all have antibodies, monocytes, killer T-cells, cytokines, lymphocytes, We've got mucous membranes, skin, nasal hair. We've got all kinds of defensive mechanisms in our body. And yet, many of us have no defense against the coronavirus. Despite these, we have found we are more physically susceptible than we thought we were. We are more susceptible emotionally. It's easy to become anxious and worried It is easier than I thought for fear to dictate belief and behavior. It is easy for aloneness to become loneliness. We are not as strong as we thought physically or emotionally or socially. The Christian one-anothers are more significant than I thought they were. Love one another, serve one another, carry one another's burdens, forgive one another, be hospitable to one another, gather with one another, greet one another. Those are more significant to me than I thought they were. And I imagine they're more significant to you. I am less independent than I thought I was. We've also learned we are less strong spiritually than we thought we were. My contentment can be quite fleeting. My joy and hope can be adversely affected by circumstances too quickly. The anchors in our lives tend to be and need to be encouraged, rehearsed, and echoed. We are not as strong as we thought we were. This can be an abrupt And a startling truth to come face to face with. But it can also grow our gratitude. It can grow our faith when that truth is married to the sufficiency of God's grace. 2 Corinthians 12 9 and 10 tells us this My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. One truth I think we would do well to Zakar is I, you, we are not as strong as we thought we were. A second truth that I think we need to realize is people are amazingly creative. Tremendous ingenuity has come out to keep businesses afloat. From drive through lines that can serve 160 vendors in an hour, to companies pivoting from making vacuum cleaners to ventilators in just a week. From clothing manufacturers going from clothing to face masks. In just a couple days. Fitness centers from classes on site to classes in parking lots and home classes. Professionals and professional offices have begun to offer in-home services again, virtual appointments, sit-in your car reception rooms, zoom visits to keep families connected to resident patients. It's unbelievable we have a vaccine in 10 months. An amazing accomplishment. Schools, teachers, parents, grandparents have shown incredible creativity to join forces to make education work. With virtual classrooms, virtual lessons in the homeschool sector has boomed. Seminars have popped up to equip extended family members in homeschooling. The tutorial business has just gone exponentially through the roof. And the Christian community, how about us? The Christian community has continued to grow disciples despite lockdowns, YouTube link sermons, outside community groups, smaller services, but more of them and even on Saturday night. COVID response team, COVID task force teams, people have been amazingly creative. Thank them. But I think thanking them falls short of what we really need to do. We need to also thank the creator of them. Thank the Lord for His gracious gift of people. Thank the Lord that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank the Creator for His generous bestowing of creativity on your fellow man and on yourself. Why do we thank the Creator? Because we're told in James chapter 1, verse 17, that every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not Change. Two truths. One, we're not as strong as we think we are. Two, people are amazingly creative. Why? Because they bear the image of the Creator. We are image bearers. Number three, communication is a gift from God. I want to confess to you, communication has been difficult in 2020. I can't tell how many of y'all are sleeping or not. We miss seeing faces. Social distancing creates space. Face masks conceal faces. Decreased frequency and duration of time together obstructs relationships. Lack of human touch is significant, it's much more difficult to communicate warmth and affirmation without touch. Social unrest fosters a guardedness, cancel culture creates a distrust and apprehension. The inability to be present at formative events leaves gaps in our connectedness. Communication is an amazing gift of God that I, for one, and I may be the only one, but I have certainly taken taken it for granted. Communication, this gift of God, enhances life. It enriches life. It affirms one another. We rejoice with those who rejoice and we are even blessed with the gift of mourning with those who mourn. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of communication. There are four ways I think we would do well to express a gratitude to the Lord for the gift of communication. Number one is verbal. Speaking, singing, shouting as you join the chorus of creation in declaring the glory of the lord psalm 19 tells us that that the heavens declare the glory of the lord the skies proclaim the work of his hands day after day they pour forth speech night after night they display knowledge there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard their voice goes out into all the earth their words to the end of the world Verbally, let's join the chorus of creation saying, Thank you, Father. We declare your glory. I think we also can communicate gratitude for the gift of communication by listening. Over and over in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, the seven churches are told, Let him who has ears to hear, hear the word of the Lord. Father, tune our ears, tune our hearts to hear Your Word. We are taught from James to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Showing respect and deference for others. How much more should we be quick to listen to God, the author of life and hope? A third way that I think we can communicate gratitude for communication is through presence. We have known the sting of not being present for significant events. The Lord needs to help us grow up in knowing His presence, in enjoying His presence, in taking pleasure in His presence. We need to thank God the Lord for his promise of presence from Hebrews 13:5, Hebrews to never leave us nor forsake us we need to be creative in expressing gratitude verbally by listening and by welcoming his presence but there's a fourth way that I think we show gratitude for communication and this one we miss Did y'all feel that? Did y'all get uncomfortable? We need to be patient listeners. There may not be a better way to express gratitude to God for the gift of communication than being a patient listener. Father, teach me to live out Psalm 46 and be still and know that you are God. Teach me to honor you and to honor others by being a patient listener. We are not as strong as we think we are. People are amazingly creative because they're image bearers. Thank the creator. Communication is a gift from God. Thank, thank you, Father, for this gift. Lastly, God has given us all we need for life and godliness. It was shocking to walk into a grocery store and see empty shelves. I was taking a meal to one of our church members and I called to set up a time to deliver the meal. We set up a time. I was about to hang up and he said, Oh, one more thing could you bring over two rolls of toilet paper? I said, oh, come on. Which one do you want, a meal or toilet paper? He said, I really wanted both. You know, I never really understood that inverse relationship between inventory of toilet paper and the sale of corn on the cob. It was arresting to run out of paper towels, cleaning supplies. But I want to remind you that God has given us all we need for life and godliness. I, we, can do without much more than I thought I could before the year 2020. But I want to remind you, when we look at this passage in 2 Peter chapter 1, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. We should not forget the second half of that sentence through our knowledge of Him of him Thank you Father for this truth that you have given us all we need for life and godliness Thank you for this promise Help me to know you and pursue you that I might handle the next trial differently than I handled this one To know God the Father to walk with God the Son to listen and surrender to God the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul teaches us the value of knowing Him in Philippians chapter 3, 7 through 11. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through Christ. The righteousness that comes from God is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings. If we want to handle the next crisis differently than than we've handled 2020, then I and we need to pursue knowing Christ. So that we can handle those challenges with hope, with joy, with peace, with contentment, with gratitude. In order to do that, start today. Be diligent in pursuing the knowledge of Christ. But you know that's an interesting passage. We remember, remember, remember. Then we get to verse 13 of Philippians chapter three, "Forgetting what is behind." Well, which one is it? Which one is it? Camera? Forget or remember. It's both. We need to forget those things that build resentment and anger and bitterness and distrust and worry and fretfulness and anxiety. We need to forget those things, Chuck. We need to remember God's faithfulness and goodness. We need to remember that we are not as strong as we think we are. We need to remember that people have been amazingly creative because they're image bearers. We need to remember that communication is a wonderful gift from our Savior. We need to remember that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. One final truth. These four truths were experienced by Christ. Christ. Christ, who spoke the world into existence, humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. He experienced the vulnerability of the human condition. He experienced the amazing creativity of people and others. As the disciples came to him and said, we've got 5,000 people that need to eat. There's a Chick-fil-A in Decapolis. How about we send them over there? And he said, just tell them to sit down y'all feed them. And they ate and were full. And they collected 12 basketfuls. He experienced the amazing, perfect communication with God the Father from eternity past. And then he became a child, a baby. And he had been told, that's a blue sky. That's the way an apple tastes. This is your papa. Perfect communication. And then an infant who could not communicate verbally. What a submission. God has given us all we need. Jesus Christ hung on the cross. He had been unjustly tried, savagely beaten, personally abandoned, brutally mocked, separated from His Father. And then He hangs on the cross in Mark chapter 15. At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lava sabachthania, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then he breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this was the Son of God. Life became challenging and difficult for Christ. Yet God had faithfully given him all he needed for life and godliness. Thus, Christ is a perfect high priest perfect in every way, the perfect Lamb of God. Don't flush 2020. Be a disciplined rememberer. If you don't like these lessons, ponder your own lessons. But we need to remember some spiritual truths from 2020. We need to remember and act accordingly. Let's go, to the Lord, in prayer. Father, thank you for the trials we have faced and will continue to face. Father, thank you for refining our faith. Fate, thank you for showing us areas that our faith has been less than genuine. Help us to remember. May our faith be found genuine for your glory and for your honor. In Christ's name we pray, amen.